Welcome to Understand Nostradamus. I'm your host, Michael Falco. This episode has been a long time coming because the quatrain we're going to talk about today, Century 10, Quatrain 72 from Le Prophétise of Michel Nostradamus. This quatrain is the most talked about quatrain of all Nostradamus time. Any documentary you see up till 1999, any book written about Nostradamus, they all focus on this quatrain as being the beginning of the end. Even Peter Lemessurier's encyclopedia, put out in 1997, focuses on this quatrain and it being the start of the great Muslim invasion of Europe. There were books from Eric of Cheatham, movies and television specials. There was the film The Man Who Saw Tomorrow from 1981 with Orson Welles. And in 1999, right before it, there was a Washington Post article. There was a Guardian article, all pointing at something about to happen. So Nostradamus knew that this was going to be a big deal. It says that even in the preface. You may have seen programs on television or videos on YouTube that point to other quatrains that people believe are about the September 11th attacks on the Twin Towers in New York because these quatrains use the term new city and great new city. However, I do believe these quatrains are about volcanoes, and we will get to that in the volcanoes discussion because it's going to be long. This quatrain is quatrain 1072. It begins, the year 1999, seventh month. From the sky will come a great king of terror to bring back to life the great king of the Mongols before and after Mars to reign by good luck. Okay, that's the translation you probably have from the internet. Let's go over that. The year 1999, seventh month. We're going to explain calendars and the difference between Nostradamus was in the Julian calendar, we're in the Gregorian calendar. There's no complicated math allowed in the word games. I'll show that in the Great Fire of London explanation, but here is just a simple word equation on either side, and it comes out to September 2001 on either side. From the sky will come a great king of terror. That actually says, in the earlier editions, there's an argument that that says defrayer, meaning the guy who paid for all this. Well, that line points to Osama bin Laden because not only, the, the line reads, the big king of the terrorists, or it could just read big king scary because the word used in the original form is used as an adjective. It also seems similar to the early version of Latin defrayer. Now the French version of defrayer only has one F because it had an S that was cut out due to a lesion. But here, it's actually used as an adjective, and I believe the confusion is caused to meant it's both, because Osama bin Laden was both. He's the king of the terrorists, and he was the defrayer who paid for this entire all-expense-paid trip for 19 Saudi Arabia. To bring back to life, that word resuscitate actually means to bring back from below, back in his day. The word angoumois, is seen as an anagram because it's not a real word. Angamois anagrams out to Mongolais, which is the ancient word for the Mongoloid people or the Mongol people. It means a till the hunt. And Mars, well, everybody says Mars is the god of war. 
And that's how it's related here. Nostradamus in the preface says, you know, most of the time planets are just planets. Don't read into it too much. Mars was the closest to Earth at that time, the year 1999, seventh month. Now, I blame society here because, you know, in my day, and I'm old and gray, we had to learn Latin. And anybody who's learned Latin knows that September means the seventh month. October means the eighth month. November means the ninth month. And December, Deca, 10, the 10th month. Those were the original months. And so now I have to explain the difference between the Julian, which was the calendar that Nostradamus was using, and the Gregorian calendar, which came out in 1582. Up till 1752, all of the British and English-speaking colonies and all of the Protestant colonies kept March 25th as the last day, Annunciation Day, and March 26th as the first day. At the time of printing of the book in 1555, there was no Gregorian calendar in France. It didn't exist, and to suggest so was to go against the establishment which was the church, which meant heresy, which was not a good plan for a family man. And if he had given an exact date, people would have argued if it were in Julian or Gregorian, and, and he knew that. Now, there's something else you have to remember about the first line and every line. Scansion, the rhyme, the beat. He couldn't drop the beat. To use the word September instead of septua would have been three syllables instead of two. And he only had room for two syllables there. Each line needs to be 10 syllables. It's very important. That's how you figure out if a quatrain is real. The first line rhymes with the third line, and the second line rhymes with the fourth line. And so that scheme requires septembre, not just to rhyme, but to fit the beat of the poem. You can't drop the beat. You have to remember how this book got so far as it did. Originally, it was a word game to be used by intellectual people who sat around at, you know, late night poetry parties with the candles and the lantern burning and some guy playing lute in the corner and they would pass around the book and you would want to sound real cool in front of the ladies like a medieval Morrison. That's what sold the book. You got to remember all the things he needed to do to get the book to us so that we would have it in our hands now. There's no other book from that time that we're talking about like this. There's no other book from that time that never went out of print. He knew what he had to do to get the book in our hands and to get people talking about it in this decade. And this is one of the teacher quatrains. This is one of the most layered quatrains. Each line has two layers to it and all come down to the same exact subject. Okay, if you want to know more about this, check out timeanddate.com because they talk about their Gregorian calendar, how it was first introduced in 1582, it had a slow rollout in France because, you know, it had to be delivered by horseback. So it was like, hey, you heard about that new calendar? Well, it took about till 1585 to really roll out. Uh, it had to be changed because of the leap years. The Julian calendar just wasn't accurate enough, and the Gregorian calendar fixed that. The original calendar didn't have the months January and February. They just counted it as winter and started with March. It was Numa Pompilius introduced January and February as Januarius and Februarius because 
the months were just named after the first few gods, and then they were 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th. 6th got changed to August after Augustus because that was the month of his birthday. But 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th remained the same. They remained September, October, November, December. And so that's why we don't understand that when Nostradamus said seventh month, he meant September. And remember, it's a word game. He knew you loved word games. September 11th also happens to be Coptic Christian New Year. So let's bring that back up through history till 1999, September 11th. Let's put either side on an equation. You put Julian on one side and Gregorian on the other. His time, our time. One side says 1999 sept moi equals 11 September 2001. Because that's how you write it in France. You write the date first, the month, and then the year. Now, if you take that 11 in the modern Gregorian numerals and switch it over to the other side, and just pass it over the other side of the equation, this is in the word game, it becomes 2001, and septmoi becomes September, equals September 2001. Now you've solved the puzzle. And it may seem like a coincidence, but I will show you this book is filled with coincidences, such as the fact that you can turn 1999, you can flip it to 9111. That's the one everybody points to as being 91101. Another coincidence. Let's go to the second line. From the sky comes big scary king, comes big king payback time comes king of the terrorists. If you want to go to the very, very original version that we've seen from 1568, both the words defrayer and in the next line below it, dangomois, both have skipped a lesion, both have skipped the apostrophe and become one word. I believe in the case of defrayer, it is actually being used as an adjective. If you just search that in Google Translate or DeepL, you'll come up with frightening or scary. It's the adjective version where you don't use the apostrophe. And I do believe that is what Nostradamus meant. He meant one big, horrible, scary royal, the king of the terrorists. And that's who Osama bin Laden was. But if you want to make the argument about defrayer, well, who paid for the whole thing? And I do believe the confusion is there for a reason. In addition, Nostradamus uses the word effrayer and freyer, meaning fear, several to many times throughout the quatrains and uses it correctly each time. Depending on the use of the word, masculine and feminine tense, Nostradamus knows how to use the language. That's why the book was chosen years later to use as a school reader to teach old and classic French to students. That's one more way that Nostradamus knew the book would reach us. One more way he got it into our hands. Now, the third line talks about invoking from below the great king of the Mongolians. In general, when a word isn't a real word, it means it's an anagram. So here the anagram would be Mongolese, which means 
the Mongol people. It's an ancient word from provincial before even they were grouped with the French. They're describing Attila the Hun in their own writing. They describe him as featureless, having a flat nose, small eyes, small chin, a bigger head than normal. He was known as Flagellum Day. He was known as the scourge of God by the Holy Roman Empire and by all of Europe. They came, murdered, slaughtered, destroyed. Now, this could be a reference to ISIS. It could be a reference to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who is also mentioned in the epistle, the sheik of the slaughterers. But, but confusion has been raised by Peter Le Measurer that this is really about Angoumois, Angoulême. Those are both differently spelled words. They have a U in them. Peter Le Measurer seems to feel that Nostradamus couldn't use the word he wanted to use because it wouldn't fit in the rhyme, although clearly Angoumois would have fit in the rhyme, and Angoulême, while it wouldn't fit in the rhyme, could have also been inferred by putting a U into the word Angoumois. So Peter Le Measurer's explanation that Nostradamus had to come up with a silly ending just to meet the rhyme doesn't make any sense because he just could have used Angoumois. So why the confusion? I do believe Nostradamus caused the confusion. Because the island of Manhattan was originally named by the first Europeans that saw it, Nouvelle Angoulême. And that was started by Giovanni de Verzano, who cruised by the island, cruised right into the bay, and said, this is magnificent, and wrote all about it, and named the island after the king of France, who was paying for the trip. Verrazzano had other patrons. And so he sent several copies of the same letter to the king and to these other patrons who were bankers from the Florence area in Italy. And that is how we know because J.P. Morgan in 1911 bought a collection of letters from Italy and they still sit in the J.P. Morgan Library in Manhattan. And in that letter, the Virzano describes naming the island after the king's mother, Louisa. But the island wasn't mapped until Henry Hudson, an Englishman working for the Dutch East India Trading Company, first documented the mapping of the island on September 11th, 1609. That would be the confusion pointing to Manhattan as the place the great king of terrorists was going to come from the sky. So what does it mean for Mars to reign? Well, astronomically, it means that Mars is in opposition. And I think many have pointed out that Nostradamus really was more of an astronomer than an astrologer. Astrologically speaking, the ruling planet of the time was Mercury. But in the geocentric view, Mars is transitioning Sagittarius and still occupies the same sign as well. On September 8th, 2001, Mars enters Capricorn until October 27th, 2001. Now, you know, in between that time, the U.S. attacked Afghanistan. Mars doesn't enter Capricorn again until March 4th, 2003. The U.S. invaded Iraq 
March 20th, 2003, Mars was still in Capricorn, the middle of Capricorn. But what it means for a planet to reign astronomically means that it's in opposition. Mars oppositions are 26 months apart. Now, on June 13th, 2001, during Mars opposition, it was the brightest that it had been in recent history. Now, on September 11th, 2001, Mars was the closest cosmic body to the Earth, even closer than the Sun. But it was the opposition after that, on August 28th, 2003, that was the brightest it had been in 59.9 thousand years, the brightest it had ever been in man's knowledge of astronomy, also the closest it had been in almost 60,000 years. This year's opposition to Mars will be on December 8th, and it will be occulted by a nearly full moon. And looking at the phrase, pas bonheur, can mean by good luck, could also mean by good fortune. Now, when the words are separated, it actually means by good fortune. It can also mean triumphantly or at its finest hour. Nostradamus used parbonneur to rhyme with defrayer and to keep the scansion and not to drop the beat. So you could say that before September 11, 2001, Mars reigned the brightest we had seen it just by good luck, and the opposition after September 2001 it reigned triumphantly and at its finest hour. It's very important to match up every word of every line in the quatrains. And I insist to you now that if Nostradamus had warned about a terror attack on the Twin Towers of New York on September 11, 2001, it would not have happened. And you all would have said, what an idiot. And then what they actually had planned in case which we later found out was to blow up a dirty bomb at the port of Los Angeles. Might very well have been carried out. Nostradamus cannot stop the folly of man. He can only warn you about the greatest of all. And remember, Nostradamus pointed out there can be no truth entirely determined concerning the future. If you learn the language and figure out the quatrains, you can avoid the worst of it, which is, if you haven't read ahead, two-thirds of the world's population dying. And you're going to want to figure that one out before it happens. Thanks for listening.